Hello everyone, it's Mark Godeka here. Welcome to the NT Pod, the podcast all about the New Testament and Christian origins. This is episode 6 and we're going to be looking today at the question of resurrection and the afterlife in Paul. It's always interesting when teaching to ask students what they think Christian views of the afterlife are about. I tend to find that most students that have some acquaintance with Christianity imagine that the Christian view of the afterlife is something like that your soul departs your body at the moment of death and then it goes to heaven and meets Christ where you live with him for eternity and that's thought of as the kind of Christian belief in the afterlife. They're familiar too with something called the resurrection of the body but they don't tend to, in my experience, think of that as the primary Christian belief, Um, the belief that after tens of years, hundreds, thousands, millions of years that your body or your ashes or whatever it is will be reconstituted into a new spiritual body where it will uh, live with Christ on earth or in, in a new earth or a new heaven or whatever. But the interesting thing is that in the New Testament it's this latter view, the resurrection of the body, which seems to be a more dominant one, though there are precedents for the other view going to live with Christ when you die as well. Indeed, you can find elements of both of these views in the writings of the Apostle Paul. And and in fact, it's one of the fascinating issues in New Testament criticism to try and work out exactly what Paul believed about the afterlife. Did his views change and develop as his life went on? You see, in the first of his epistles that we actually have, the first epistle of Paul to the Thessalonians, there's a remarkable chapter, chapter 4, in which he's speaking to the Thessalonians about their experience of people in their community who have died. And he speaks here about Jesus's parousia, which is a Greek word which means something like coming or arrival or appearance or something like that. And he says that when Jesus arrives, when Jesus comes again, that what will happen is those who are alive will be caught up with him in the air. They'll sort of uh, go whizzing up into the air to meet Jesus. And those who are dead, he says, will rise up before them. They'll come up out of their graves and they'll meet Jesus in the sky. So what we seem to have there is a very clear in one of Paul's earliest letters, ideas of a general resurrection of Christian saints. And this view isn't found just in 1 Thessalonians, it's also found in 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul again goes through the kind of timetable of exactly what will happen, speaks again about how people will be raised up from their graves and those who are still alive will go up into the sky from their present location. The view that he's espousing here is a pretty common view in the Judaism of Paul's day. It's very much a kind of apocalyptic, eschatological sort of view. And the thing which differs from Jewish apocalypses and what Paul says is the introduction of Jesus into it. So it becomes Christian because Jesus has been introduced into this kind of scenario. But you can find lots of Jewish texts that do talk about this resurrection of the faithful at the end of time. But is there another view in Paul? Is there something that contrasts with this view of the resurrection at the end of time? Well, there does seem to be. If you go to Philippians, the epistle to the Philippians chapter 1, there's a slightly different view here about what will happen after death. Here in Philippians, Paul is beginning to reflect on the possibility of his own death, and he speaks about it in terms where he actually 
almost desires that death in order that he can be with Christ. He writes in Philippians 1 verses 21 and following, he says, To live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean a fruitful labour for me, and I do not know which to choose. But I am very hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. And the interesting moment there is the moment where Paul says that he imagines how he would love to depart and be with Christ. He seems to be imagining a moment of death where through the moment of death the soul leaves the flesh behind and he uses that term the flesh and meets Jesus and meets Jesus instantaneously. There isn't any kind of wait for hundreds of years or decades or however long it's supposed to be until the final resurrection of the saints. The one view is more like a kind of immortality of the soul kind of view in which the soul departs the body at death and the body is never seen again. The other view, the one which you find in 1 Thessalonians and 1 Corinthians, is a view all about the body being essentially important and it kind of gets rejuvenated, renewed, regenerated, something like that and becomes something new and different but nevertheless it's still a body. So what's going on here? Is Paul confused? Did Paul change his mind? Well, in a famous essay written by C.H. Dodd back in the 1930s, he argued that what happened is over the years, Paul developed, Paul thought matured. And Dodd tended to see the apocalyptic kind of view, the view of a resurrection at the end of time, as a more primitive kind of way of thinking about eschatology. And he saw the view that you get in Philippians 1 as a much more mature kind of view, the kind of thing that Christianity later began to think about. And Dodd felt that Paul changed his mind about the afterlife because of his own near-death experiences. Dodd refers to certain traumatic events in Paul's life. If you read the very beginning of 2 Corinthians, for example, Paul there talks about having come very close to death. He, he despaired of life itself. So when Paul recovers from this, his view has changed about the afterlife, according to Dodd, and he, he attains what Dodd saw as a more kind of mature belief, a more Im immortality of the soul kind of belief, rather than his more primitive apocalyptic sort of view. But there's another interesting possibility as well, and this is one that's been stressed recently by N.T. Wright, the Bishop of Durham in England. He thinks that you can reconcile both views by imagining that there is a kind of two-stage process. So what happens is you have life after death, which is the initial thing that you get mentioned in Philippians 1, where you are transported to be with Christ straight after death. And then there's life after life after death, which is the resurrection that happens at the end of time when you get a new body and you join the other faithful. Now, Tom Wright could be right about this. There are precedents for Jews thinking in, in this way in the first century. There's, there's a passage in the Jewish historian Josephus that looks like he had the same kind of two-stage sort of process. So Wright may be right that there is a kind of antechamber that you go to first in Paul's thinking and that then at the end of time you go to the resurrection. 
There's another possibility, though, which is that Paul hadn't really carefully worked all this out into a kind of coherent system. And we should always remember when we're doing a kind of any sort of study about religious language, that religious language is inherently kind of metaphorical and evocative and isn't always that easy to pin down to precise calendars and precise moments of time that you can kind of parse down to the sort of nth degree. But at the very least what this does give us is a nice reminder of the fact that when we're studying Paul, his epistles are not theological treatises. They are occasional letters written for particular people at particular times and over an extended period of time. So Paul's thought may well have developed, matured, changed and all the rest of it. And you can actually map that quite specifically in two of the texts that we mentioned in that when he speaks to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 4 he imagines himself quite definitely as one of those who's going to be alive when Christ returns he talks about we who are alive then when you get to 1 Corinthians 15 he is just beginning to think perhaps he won't be one of those that's still alive so you can see some kind of adjustment in his uh, thinking there at least on the timetable and I always enjoy looking at Paul as a real life, real flesh and blood human being and remembering that he wasn't a theologian who tried to work everything into a kind of perfect system for people to analyse down to the nth degree in uh, future years. Well, thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the NT Pod. You can find me on the web at podacre.blogspot.com you can find me on iTunes or Duke University's iTunes U or just Google for the NT pod. Thanks again for listening. Your feedback is gratefully received, very much welcomed, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon.